yo, yo, welcome, welcome um, to the Man to Man Pod. We back Thursday, August 26th. A lot going on in the on the NFL landscape right now. We got a lot of COVID situations going on. Well, not a lot, but a few. I feel like a few examples are being made out of some of the unvaccinated players. Cam Newton, Cole Beasley. Um, I think I saw some Isaiah McKenzie posting his fine today from the Bills, which, you know, they made the protocols clear. So, um, you know, got to buy by. Speaking of COVID, um, my man Pat is dealing with our COVID right now. He's, uh, you know, he's been keeping us updated on the gram. So definitely T's and P's of Pat and everybody else out there affected and dealing with this crazy pandemic. Hey, B, you good? I'm good. What's good? Are we good over there? I can't, good money. I can't hear you for some reason. Hey, hold on. It might be me, though. Let me make sure my my fundamentals on point. Um, you can hear me? Um, how's the sound? Sound on point? They beat. It's a little choppy. It's a little choppy on my end, but how can okay, you? Okay. Am I good? Yeah, you good. You good. So uh, I All just right, see somebody. Somebody's somebody's breaking this. Couple people, so it, you know it might be accurate. But uh, now Tannehill has been put on the COVID list. I want to say I, I saw he was fully vaccinated, so maybe he caught the COVID. I'm not sure, but um, I know I saw him talking about it. So. Welcome back, man. One half of the Man of Man pod, Darius Butler. Got my co-host, A.B. What's good? We here, man. We here, man. So um, the quarterback, the COVID situation out in New England, man. You got, I know it kind of broke the last time we were on here on uh, Monday. How you feel about it now, man? You feel like it's kind of, you know, the paint, the picture they're trying to paint is Mac Jones and he's doing this and Belichick is high five and he's taking laps. We're getting a play-by-play play out there in New England. What's your thoughts and feelings on that situation out there? Man, I think that situation is tough, man. I think that's going to be um, the one that's going to go down to the wire. You know, I think Cam, he gets back to practice today. Um, and obviously, you Uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. I will get A.B. back. But um, all right, there we go. Boom. Yeah, yep. for, um, right. yep. Yeah, we got yeah. you loud and clear. So I think that's the one that's gonna go down to the. I think that's the one that's gonna go down to the wire, man. Uh, Cam gets back today. Um, they said Mac Jones been out there balling. Um, so you know. And, you know, reports say that, you know, Belichick, he said it, you know, the best ability is the availability. So with Cam not being being able to be at practice them days, man, that was an opportunity for Mac Jones to to show and do his thing, man. So I think Cam got to come out, man, and have a good showing. Not, what, not sure what they're going to do this um, this third preseason game, but whatever the case may be, man, I think it's going to be the, the quarterback battle that kind of goes down um, closer to, to, to week one. Yeah, man. Uh, it just sucks because that last game, Cam looked good, man. Mac looked good too, but obviously Cam looked really, really sharp. Um, not only with the, cause I don't really look at the numbers as much as I think actually watching the game. You know, you watch a game, you watch your players, and you and you then you you kind of go from there. But um, so seeing him throw in the pocket, seeing him move and navigate the field, how he was doing last 
last week. It was disappointing he had to, to miss this time. And uh, like you said, like we always say on this show, um, you know, availability is always um, your best ability. Hey, be out there dealing with that spectrum life. You know, your availability is, you know, your best ability in the league. And that's true. Rather, that's, you know, obviously injury, uh, COVID, and they're making it, uh, they're making the protocols, you know, much more strenuous on the unvaccinated players. Um, and, you know, some people don't agree with that. Uh, some people do agree with it. Uh, whichever side you want, it honestly doesn't matter because I guess the rules are the rules and they're going to make you abide by them. But um, from the cases that I've been seeing within the NFL, um, for some reason, I, I feel like it's, 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 it's around 50-50, you know, with people that are actually contracting COVID amongst the people that are contracting. It's been, you know, kind of right down the middle on vaccinated and unvaccinated. So and that's the ones we're hearing about. And obviously, I feel like you don't hear about it as much when a player or a coach is fully vaccinated. Um, so, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. I think those players are going to have to deal with that all year until they um, eventually say, you know, F it, I'm going to just get this, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get the jab. But, uh, you know, it's kind of part of it right now. And I think maybe it's just hard for me to really – to just really fully believe like all this just um, happened, you know, by accident, Jackson. Because, you know, these teams, these organizations, especially that one, they don't miss much. And kind of haven't heard anything from the PA um, from their end. So it's interesting. But um, I still think out in New England, they go with Cam um, to start the season. And obviously that's, you know, that's that, 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 it's a short, it's a small, small margin for error for Cam. When you, when you draft the quarterback in the first round, you're on a one-year deal. That's just football. That's just how the business um, is. And obviously Cam knows that. He's been around this business for a long time. He's been a first-round pick. He's been a, a number one pick and been a future and been a franchise quarterback. So he knows the type of pressures that come with that position. Um, but I think he'll he'll be fine and he'll ball out this year. And then they'll have to make a decision at the end of this year. But I think eventually Cam balls out and goes on and plays and starts somewhere else. And I think, obviously, with uh, the Patriots taking Cam in the first round, I mean, I can Mac McCorkle Jones in the first round. Um, obviously, they have plans on him being the future quarterback. And he's looking apart. And, you know, part of this game, part of life is about taking advantage of your opportunities, uh, regardless of how, how, of how they, they come about. You know, sometimes – you know, I've gotten starts. I've gotten to play. I've got signed. I got signed to the Colts because of injuries um, in the situation that they were in. I got my opportunity, and then took it and ran with it. And you know, I made the best of my opportunity. And after that, you know, they had to make some decisions uh, with some other players, and, and they had to move on. So that's just a part of the business. And um, you know, you gotta. I'm not definitely not rooting against Mac Jones. It's good that he's taking advantage of his reps, of his opportunities. And um, as a football player, as a professional, you want to make it hard um, for that coach or that boss or that decision maker to go back to another guy. I mean, when Cam gets in there, back in there today, like they got to look at Cam and be like, okay, this is our starting quarterback. And um, and a lot of things that Cam does, honestly, you don't, you won't see until actual game day. You know, he scored 10 touchdowns on the ground last year, I believe. And, you know, obviously the passing game was deficient. The weapons looked terrible. Uh, Cam didn't look healthy to me throwing the ball. But all those things look better going into this season. So, 
unfortunate news for the rest of the NFL, but I think the Patriots are going to be all right, man. But uh, so, okay, Belichick, the funk says, Belichick said Cam didn't violate rules. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it was, it's, it's something going on there. Um, got a situation out with Cole Beasley. I think he was in in contact um, with a trainer that was fully vaccinated that caught COVID, um, and he's been tested negative. But he had to kind of abide by the same protocols, stand away from the facility for five days. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, which is another young wide receiver out there, he posted his final letter, I believe, um, you know, with his personal email on there. Not a good move. But um, they find him 14, 14 bands, $14,000 uh, for being caught. Um, uh, based off the letter, it looks like on camera, you know, in a couple of different instances without his mask on. So, you know, they, they're going to keep applying this pressure. And regardless of where you stand on the, you know, vaccine and where it's at, it did get fully FDA approved. I know that was a holdup for a lot of people. Um, but, yeah. That'll be something we're talking about probably all season long. Um, but yeah, man. It's gonna be a lot of interesting things going on, but that's definitely gonna be factored in. And from the and if you're thinking about it from and I try to come to these situations as objective as possible. So if I'm thinking at it from the front office or the coach's standpoint, like you know, you that does factor into play when you when you're thinking about who's gonna be there. The game plan, um, other variables of fact, because obviously injuries always play into it, but other things, and that's another variable that's thrown in the mix. So we're going to have to deal with it, man. But uh, we did have what I thought was interesting, a couple of vaccinated players saying that we need to do more testing because I believe they're only tested once every two weeks. So uh, we're going to see, man. AB, AB still over there struggling, man, with the with the, with the spectrum. But um, yeah, man, it, it, it's it's gonna be interesting. So uh, that's that's the the quarterback battle going on out in New England. You got another quarterback battle that hasn't really been decided yet, publicly at least. But uh, out there in San Francisco, with Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Um, you know, I've been saying from the jump that I think they should go with Jimmy G out of the gate. And um, you don't really play a rookie quarterback unless, in my opinion, that's clearly the better option right now from day one. Um, or you have to. You're kind of in a situation where you have to. And I don't think that's the, the case out there in San Fran. You got a, a roster that can make a run to a title. They were in the Super Bowl a few a couple years ago with Jimmy G at quarterback. His biggest issue was staying healthy and, um, you know, He's not going to give you that dynamic, like, you know, wow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, um, Aaron Rod, Pat Mahomes type play. You know, he's going to bore you with completions and doing the right thing. But um, so I think you start with Jimmy G and then you put Trey Lance in there, you know, when it's time. And uh, Jimmy G speaking in the presser yesterday, he said he had a good idea of who Kyle Shanahan was going to name the starter. And he had a big grin on his face. So I'm assuming that he's been told he's going to be QB1 um, heading into the season. So I think that's the right decision out there for them. Um, out of Chicago, I think they should go with uh, they should go with Justin Fields, but they've made it clear from day one, uh, really from since they signed Andy Dalton in free agency, that, hey, 
you're going to be QB1 going into this season. And um, they looked up and got Justin Fields, as we all know at this point, at 11. He's looked, uh, you know, really uh, – he's had some really good flashes in preseason um, thus far. And a lot of the people around the NFL are saying, hey, you, you should start Justin Fields from day one. But Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and the Chicago Bears has have decided Andy Dalton will be QB1. And uh, once again, I'm not rooting against anybody. I just don't see – I don't see where this makes sense. And um, I say those guys in Chicago on the hot seat, a lot of people don't agree with me. But, um, you know, it's been – they already they already messed up the situation with drafting Mitch Trubisky at two over Deshaun Watson, over Pat Mahomes. That's well documented. Um, and then the Mitch Trubisky project was a failure. And now he's in Buffalo, and he just came and trimmed up your starting defense. So he's looking like, you know, it wasn't him, you know, being a major issue that it could have been a combination of Nagy, which I would agree with. But, um, man, hold on, we got A.B. back. Oh, he, he might have hopped in one of the Batmobiles. You know, they got the Wi-Fi. Yo! Yeah, we we back. You can hear me? <laughs> we back. We, we back, man. Hey, you might as well set up the stew in the whip, man. Go ahead. Man, might, as, might as well. Go ahead, Copper Sprinter. Set it up out there because Spectrum, man, doing you crazy. Yeah, man. If any, shit, if anybody in the um in the higher-ups in here work with Spectrum, y'all some shit. <laughs> Go ahead, Adam, man. But, um, yeah, I was just uh, – we just – well, I, Finished up talking about the New England situation. Moved over to the San Fran situation. Jimmy G pretty much um, all but said with his facial expression yesterday that uh, Kyle told him he's going to be QB1. So I'll be shocked if Trey Lance's name is start over there. But um, in Chicago. So Chicago named, you know, they obviously named Dalton the starter. Trevor Lawrence, he won his first QB competition down there in Jacksonville. And right. then Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves. He was named to start out in Denver, which that was kind of like the closest. It looked like the closest race uh, from the outside looking in, at least. Any of these um, QB1s surprise you? Nah, not at all. Um, if we kind of go back to our last episode, I think um, I think we kind of been on point. Well, I can say I can speak for myself. I think I've been on point <laughs> with um, with the with the QB1s going into week one um, up to this point. Obviously, you know. Um, you know, as we discussed earlier, you know, the Cam um, and Mac Jones, I think that's going to go down to the wire. But, you know, I think, um, you know, I kind of thought this was going to shake out how, how it's shaking out at the, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you, you talked about Vic Bennett. I, we both talked about Vic Bennett, defensive head coach, and, and you yeah. know, being more comfortable with a quarterback that takes care of the ball and not going to put you in those bad situations. That's what you're going to get with, 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 Teddy, with Teddy B. And it's not like – and I think, you know, Teddy, he can be more – than a game manager. I think he could be a quarterback that can go out there and win it. He was in a lot of close games last year um, down there in Carolina. Um, he came and spoke out a little bit about the, the, the process and a lot of things that he didn't, you know, wasn't a fan of as far as preparation going into games, not practicing two-minute things like that. Robbie Anderson did get his first 1,000-yard season with Teddy. So yeah. with these young receivers out there, especially Judy, got KJ, you got – um. Man, who's a deep ball guy? I always forget his name. But um, how do those receivers look now that 
QB one is established out there in Denver. You you're looking to grab? I need to know. I need to get a little insight. You looking to grab any of those? Any of those receivers in fantasy? Um, if I would, I think it would be um Judy. Um, uh, because I think you still have um is uh Sullen. He's uh, he's still out there. It's um about to pull it up right now. But um, I mean, I like Jerry Judy, you know, and I think, like you said, I think you hit it on the head where, you know, you got Vic Fangio, he's a big defensive guy, right? So he can lean on his defense. He got, you know, Vaughn coming back. You know, you got uh, you got Justin Simmons, man. So you have a you have a quality defense where you can kind of um lean on lean on your defense, and you know, having Teddy two gloves out there where you say, you know, he's not going to turn the ball over. Um, but then I think Quad is kept. I think you know. Denver, they can do some things out there on the offensive side of the ball. So, um, given given Teddy the the the, the go ahead, the nod, I think it was a good decision for the Broncos and and um, and Big fans you out there. But I think it was the, too. Um, but on the receiver side, though, you see you see my receiver room. I'm I'm, I'm Gucci. No, no, no. I'm I'm just saying, you know, we do because we got some other drafts coming up. So I need to yeah. you know get a little peek into. Yeah, uh, yeah, what you thinking? But uh, Tim Patrick was that was it? That's the deep ball guy, the eighty-one that I was thinking about. But Jerry Judy, um, they got KJ uh, KJ Hamler out there. They got the tight end Noah Fant, and North then uh, Courtland nice. Sutton. That's what you were talking about. Courtland Sutton, yeah, yeah, Cortland Sutton. North yeah, he's Fant. still out I there. Think, I don't think North. I don't think they talk about Noah Fant as much as they should. He don't. They don't. They don't. They got our uh, Javante Williams back there running back. So they got some weapons on offense. And and, yeah. and that and you know more about Vic Fangio than I do, but from the outside looking in, um, he always puts puts out quality defenses. And you went and you invested your first top ten pick uh with Pat Sertain out there corner. You went and got uh Kyle Fuller um in free agency or a trade, I believe. I forgot how they got him. And then you got two or two, one of the best, you know, safety combos back there with Simmons. And uh, Kareem yeah. Jackson. So, yeah. Von Miller back healthy. He got he got a little chip chip on his shoulder. There was some talk about moving possibly on from him, Bradley Chubb. So on, uh, they could they could do some things out there in uh, nah, in, I, in Denver. Quiet is kept. Yeah, that defense is gonna be good. Um, I know that I know for sure that defense is gonna be good. I just think it's gonna be the offense. You know, see what the offense can do. Um, but again, like I said, I think they're gonna lean on that defense heavy this year. So we'll see. All right, so moving on, Jacksonville, you know, in the division. Um, obviously, I think it was pretty obvious that they were going to name Trevor Lawrence. Actually, you know what? I have been seeing some conversation. I want to ask you how you feel about this, too. Some people were talking heads, former players, too. Get, I'm, I'm hearing a lot more of the conversation like, hey, I don't know if I'll put this quarterback out there uh, with this offensive line. Or this play call, or this, that, and the third, want to protect him, and not this, that, and the third. How, 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 how do you feel hey. about that, especially when you talk about a number one overall pick? So this is this, and I and I've been saying this right. So regardless of where you're a pick, right, throwing a young guy out there in the fire that could do a lot, good and bad for a young player's career, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, you know, when we're talking about a quarterback, we only giving quarterbacks two to three years nowadays, you know. Um, you, you already trying to write two off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I felt as though they threw him in the fire too early. You know what I'm saying? And you look at Daniel Jones in in, in, in New York, you know, year three for him. It's, it's a pivotal year for him. So 
Um, Trevor Lawrence going out there, and you know, you know, the, I think the Travis in DNA. So he's out for this. He's out for the season with a foot injury. Yeah, he so, got his front. So you got to be you got to be wary about how you treat these these young quarterbacks, these young players. I get it. You know, first first overall pick. You know, throw them in there. We're going to live with it. We're going to live with the good. We're going to live with the bad. But um, I've never seen anything wrong with a young quarterback coming in and, and sitting for a couple of weeks. Um, I've, never, I've never thought anything was wrong with that. But, you know, everybody has their opinion on that. Um, and we will yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it, we that's, that's the nature of the game right now. We got to get this guy in here. I mean, could you, your other option is Gardner Minshew, who – Won one game last year against our yeah. coach. I, I believe maybe in the open, it might have been the first game of the year, actually. So they went one and fifteen with Gardner. And Gardner, I think he's a great backup to have on your on your team if your starter goes down for a couple weeks or half a season or something. I think that's a good backup quarterback situation to have. But if you got you went you have the number one pick for a reason. Um you had, you know, you, you built more capital around him, you went out, got guys at free agency. Um, you brought a whole new, your own new coaching staff in. This your first year as a rookie head coach, Urban Meyer. Man, you better put that young boy in the fire early. Okay, and oh, oh. that's the most. This is the most polished pick since Andrew Luck, right? And now we talking prime, about protecting him. Like, come on, prime man. example. Prime example last year, Joe Burrow, no protection. I mean, you know, that's so you supposed I mean, to just sit him on the bench. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying sit him on the so, bench. But right I'm with saying Andy. that if you if you if you know he's your number one pick, you know he's going to be in your organization for he's my X future. amount of years. For X amount of years, you're my future. You know what I'm saying? Like why? Like why throw him in the fire right now? I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But I'm just being a hypothetical question. Why not let him sit behind a guy for maybe six games, seven games with a guy Gardner who 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 got some reps last year? Like you say, he's a you know. He's a pretty decent I mean, quarterback. Nah, man. It, nah. And if you if you're in a situation like San Fran with Trey Lance and he he's coming off a year where he missed and he played against, you know, FCS competition, and you have a guy in front of him who you know can win games on a consistent basis in the league, you sit him and you let him learn. Same situation with Pat Mahomes having Alex Smith out there. But when you got a one-win Gardner Minshew, you got uh, you know, Andy Dalton who you know, look, the only thing I remember from him playing last year was, you know, his old line not helping him up when he was getting murdered behind a cop, banged up Cowboys line. So if those are your options, put the young guy in at that point. Like, we, you, you learn, you're going to learn about fire. You're going to get hit. You got to learn how to get rid of the ball. The play caller got to get get the ball out of your hands. Um, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, these guys have athletic ability to get out of certain situations. So you got to get out there and learn, man. Um, we, and we watch Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck get beat to shit. And part of that was on the O line. Part of that was also on Andrew Luck not, you know, throwing the ball away, you know, going in there and trying to tackle guys like a linebacker on picks. So part of it was on him too. So these players got to learn and learn early. Like, hey, I am supposed I, to be the face I, of this franchise going forward. Part of it's on me and part of it's on these coaches. But that's I what mean, everybody I, get I, paid I, the big bucks for. I, I get that. I get that. But sometimes I just feel as though you got to just be smart with it. Like, you know, I, like I just mentioned, you know, we give him quarterbacks two to three years, and you go out there and throw him out there his first year, not knowing what type of um, composure he may have or, or how he can handle certain situations. Shit, you could 
you know, the whole you know, the young man career off, off top. You know what I'm saying? So this is this we, this, we, this, I mean, this is a hell of a question. Like I said, you, you you can you can look at it you can look at it two different ways, you know what I mean? And I don't think either way is wrong, in my opinion. It's just about how, how you how you see um how you see the situation. Yeah, I feel you. Y'all better come in with some mental toughness. I know you came in with a lot of mental toughness, so it's a good question from Javier B. Damn, were coaches worried about y'all confidence? So um, again, you don't know. Like you don't know. Nah, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about did you did you feel like because you played as a rookie um, on a, a it, the expectations were high. It wasn't like you went to the Jags or somewhere where they just expected, you know, whatever. We want to win a few games, six, seven games when it's a win for us. Like, y'all, you came into a situation of Super Bowl aspirations, and Don, you actually went on and won a Super Bowl. So, how did your coaches feel putting you in there? They worried about your confidence I mean, if you gave up a touchdown or got ran over I some mean, shit? Obviously, obviously, they were confident enough to put me in the starting lineup, but as we know as players, what they tell us in the meet room, when the players in there, they could be saying something totally different when they end up in the, in the coaches meeting. You know what I'm saying? They could be like, well, shit, I know, you know, we, we putting a rook out there. You know, we can just cross our fingers. So if they saying that, it's not too much confidence, you know, if they saying that. But, again, you, you don't know. It just depends on the different situations. I would say I would think they were confident enough in me to put me in the starting lineup. And, you know, we had Mike Dawes, who was uh, – who was going into his fourth year at that time, who also was playing the position. So I would think they had confidence in me. But, again, you never know, just depending on what that situation may be. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I, I just feel like it, it, it's – I don't know. I, I, a lot of people get real, I get real sensitive with these quarterbacks, man. Nah, I get real I sensitive. Think, and they, they get paid a, way too much money. I don't even think it's a, sens a, a sensitive – a sensitive. I'm not being sensitive. I don't think, you know. What I mean, I'm just, I'm just being truthful and being honest. Like, just because a guy number one pick, oh, we throwing him in there regardless. Like, nah. Like, he got a learning yeah. curve too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we throw. It's this, this the best. I mean, if, if you take a a corner number seven overall, you take like nobody's, nobody's thinking about uh, Pat Sertain or uh, J.C. Horn eight nine overall picks. What? Like, we know oh, they're in the now. fire. We know they're in the fire Hold on week now. one, and they might be matched up with uh, Julio Jones or whoever that number one receiver is. On the, like nobody go, oh shit, I don't want Pat Sertain to get burnt oh, the first oh, two oh. weeks. Now, now, now so. you 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 might have a first round corner who might uh, potentially can come in, and he might just be playing nickel. Might be playing special teams. So again, that's him getting his foot, getting his feet me. wet. I can't I can't think of one. I can't think of one of them. You taking the corner up in the top half of the draft, top half of the first round, and you coming in playing gunner? I can't. Yo ass out there. Marshawn Lattimore, out there. Uh who was Denzel Ward out there? And what and what Denzel Ward do? Ball. He got he, he had his struggles. We we all gonna struggle. That's part of learning. We, exactly. So, so at, I, that, I, you I up here. at the court. At the quarter, at the quarterback position, bro, I get it. You, 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 you pick. You the number one pick. I get it. And I just think we're going off of what history has shown. Like, forget history. Like, if you're the number one pick and you ain't ready, like, why am I? Why am I rushing to throw you in there? If I know you're gonna be in our organization for four years, five years, 
I mean, because you're still the I'm best. You're still the best option for uh, like as a as a head football he? coach or a GM as a whatever. You decide, right bro. You got a quarterback that won one game last year. Like, I mean, that, that that's an easy decision for me. <laughs> I can see a quarterback. I can like, see him if he man. went five and eleven. If he gave me something, but, you got but is he, game, bro. So is, is he that much better than than, than Gardner Mitchell? Maybe not right now. Obviously, you know, Urban so didn't that, name him. That's my point. From jump, so maybe it's a battle, but he won. If you're a young guy with the future, that's going to be the future of the franchise, and you win that battle. I'm not. It's, it's no reason to wait. I gotta, like, come on now. What we doing? What we doing? Uh, and if, if you were playing that locker room, well, I mean, you'll have a better sense of it because you're practicing against them. But I'm just saying, man, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Denzel Ward was a legitimate Pro Bowl this first year. Ward was nice. He was nice. He went four overall. Jeff Okuda went three overall last year. At the corner position out there in um Detroit, and it looked it looked bad. And it looked bad because of I think his surround, the pass rush and thing. He planned that Matt Patricia type scheme. Um, so it was rough on him. And I'm sure that that wasn't great for his confidence, but shit, nobody we, we not. Come on, what are we doing here, man? You got you got your burnt up out there, year one. Get back to the drawing board, get back out and show why you was, you know, number three pick. He may he may bounce back this year. We'll see. We gonna see. We'll see. But yeah, man, y'all, um, y'all sensitive, man. Let's talk about All some right. of these. Uh, let's start with AFC South, man. So these, um, I'm tone not in here. So these are the win totals right now for the AFC South. Eight and a half for the Colts. Nine Tennessee. Six and a half for the Jags, and four. For the Texans, where you at? Let's start with the Texans. Four wins, seventeen games. Now remember that. You taking uh, the over on that one? I got the over on that one. Is that is that just because of uh, you feel like Todd Taylor? He's gonna win more than four yep, games. that's my guy. Yep. <laughs> I, got <the> <laughs> I got the over on that. Four. Gonna play Jacksonville twice. Well, at least ah. ah. I'm gonna go with the over too. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over on that. I go to over on that. Jacksonville six and a half. Under. It's a tough one. It's a tough under. one. Under easy under for under. you. Damn, I hate agreeing with you. Agreeing easy with you. under. All right, Tennessee nine wins. Over. I'm taking the over as well. That that team, yeah, I'm taking the over as well because they got better on offense, obviously with Julio, but then defensively. They went out and got um, Farley out of Virginia Tech, who wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for that back injury. So if that back injury is good, once again, top flight corner, he's going to be out there day one. Uh, the Jack Rabbit, Jack Rabbit went out there too, I believe. Yeah, Jack Rabbit in Tennessee. Yeah. Bud Dupree signed Bud Dupree in free agency to show up their front end. Got Kevin Byer back there in the back end too. Um, I'm going to take the over on that one too. And then Colts, eight and a half, I'm taking the over on that as well. Yeah, got the over on the coast as well. Damn, that's okay, so the eight and a half? <laughs> yeah, that's disrespectful. And I, I even think the nine for Tennessee is disrespectful too. I thought I, I when I you know, just looking at it, I thought it was kind of low too. Um nine game. I, I thought it was kind of low too. But um yeah, so we got over on the coast eight and a half. Both of us agree over on the Titans nine. 
under on the Jacksonville six and a half. I think they end up right at six, probably like six and 11, five and 12, something like that. And then um, we both got over with the Texans with four games. You think Deshaun play this year? Nah. Yes, it's nah. looking. Um, nah, I, I think so. I think he might. He, he'll play second half of the season. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking he may sit I out the first eight. But yeah. We'll, 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 we'll see. It's a situation that's unfolding. Now we got. Let's go to NFC South. We went through that pretty quick. NFC South. Start with the Falcons. Still got Matt Ryan now. Obviously added Kyle Pitts. Calvin really is wide receiver one now. Um, uh, head coach Arthur Smith, new head coach. That's seven, that's seven, seven and a half. half. Um, I'm gonna go under. Under seven and a half for the Falcons. I'm going. They lost a lot of one. They lost a lot of lost some players. Who they lose. Yeah, second year AJ. I'm gonna go over now. I'm gonna go over with Atlanta. I'm going over seven and a half for Atlanta. Carolina Panthers. I'm going over. I'm going oh, under with the man. Panthers. I'm I'm gonna leave right at seven. I think not Damn, seven and ten. That's the thing. I'm I'm leaving right yeah. at seven, man. I don't, I don't believe in Sam like that. Yeah, but you I got really you got see you got C Mac coming back. Robbie Anderson, that defense. They showed up that defense. They got some dogs on the defensive side of the ball. Chin, well, we drafted JC, Jeremy Chin. Yeah, I'm gonna go over for the uh, for the Carolina Panthers. This I'm undressing. Yeah, that hook right there. I'm going to stay at seven. I'm going to keep them at seven. Got the Saints. Saints at nine games right now. I think we know Jameis is going to be QB1. I got an over. I got an over for them. I'm with you. They win 10 games. They win 10 or 11 games with Jameis at quarterback. I got an over for them. And then and, 11 and uh, a half. And shit, I got I got over for, for the Bucks. 11 and a half for the Bucks. I just feel like I feel like you can almost lock them for 13. Once again, if Tom stays healthy, I can see them 13 and four. Um, I just it's hard for me to find a hole in that de- in that in that team. You know, defense right. on point, offense on point, yes. special teams. You got all the continuity and the leadership position and all the positions coming back. Like barring injury, it's just hard for me to bet uh for that team. So Bucks over 11 and a half. Saints over nine for me. Panthers under seven and a half. AB got the Panthers over seven and a half. And then uh, we both, I think we both went the Falcons over seven and a half, right? Nah, I, I said under. You said under. Okay, I, I got them over. Yeah, I got them at eight and a half. It's going to be rough for ATL this year, baby. It's going to be yeah. rough for them. Yeah, but these, uh, these numbers is uh, Saints. <laughs> Y'all got some wild fans, Rich Dizzy. Saints going to win five straight division titles. Okay. Post LASIK Jameis. Hey, Jameis out there, he look, he look good, man. He might. The Saints, uh, Jameis look good out there with the, uh, 
out there with the Saints. I like the Saints defense. Well, hey, Nakiba, you've been talking about um Callaway too for a while. He, he hey, he showed his ass last game. He showed his ass. Yeah, man. But um, I actually I got to jump out of here. Dang, got to jump out of here a little early. But um, what else we, what else we got, man? We we pretty much we pretty much hit on most. Make sure y'all go hit that underdog, that underdog fantasy. Sign up, use the code MAN M A N. Get that free twenty five on your first deposit. Uh, we're gonna be doing underdog fantasy giveaways and, and, and drafts and all type of fantasy stuff all year long. I'm trying to get in uh get in AB's head, see how he how he drafts. Right, take a quick look at these top ten receivers by average draft position. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Diggs, Ridley, Hopkins, Metcalf, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, CD Lamb, Keenan Allen. Dang, ain't got my man Amari Cooper up there. Nah, hell no. Nah, CD Lamb, CB Down, he's gonna be wide receiver one out there. I like Coop though. And then the uh tight ends, we know how you feel about Travis Kelsey. He took a number two overall in our first draft. Darren Waller, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, my guy, Mark Andrews, TJ Hoggison, Logan Thomas. Hi. Dallas Goddard, Tyler Higby. I know you liked him. Um, then Noah Fant down there in Denver. So um, okay. I gotta get at least two tight ends. You but gotta, um, you gotta get it, you gotta get you at least three um three tight ends, man, next draft. At brother. least two. All I need is two. I'm running back heavy. You know running back saying? heavy. You got to get you at least. You got got to get at least three. I'm you can't be in the draft with one tight end. Mm, don't worry. Don't I'm worry about here. what I got I'm going over here. here. I'm out here pubbing you to be be in some GM talk. Don't worry about that. Hey, don't worry about what I got going on. Ah. You 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 draft one yeah, man. But yeah, shoot, man, you want me to leave any of the brands up? Or you good? Say it again. You want me to leave anything up? I'm about to jump out of here. Nah, um, shit, I can't even see, um, I can't even see none of the, uh, none of the brands for real. But I know we got, uh, G.I. Joe asked a question. How do OC scripts affect defenses? If you got a good defense, you don't let an OC script affect your defense. Um, you know, obviously you have, some OCs that, you know, they script their first 15 plays. And what we was always taught, you know, we're going to do what we do and we just kind of weather that, you know, weather that storm the first 15. But after that 15, you kind of know as a defense um, how that offense is going to try, try to attack you for the day. You know, so if you come out those first 15 and defense is playing well, you know, a lot of times you're going to have a, you know, you probably have a great day. But, um, if it's uh, one, of, one or two plays that, you know, the offense hits you in the first, those first 15, you best believe you're going you gonna to see those plays throughout the game. Now, they might get to it in different ways. They might do it in different type formations where um, you might have um, 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, and you'll run the same play, or it might be 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, and get to it in different 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 ways. 
you might have emotions. So it's always good to have a defense being able to um, to be able to see these things. But um, if you have a good defense, a great defense, honestly, like your uh, OC script is not going to matter. For real. <clears throat> I'll throw some more questions in here. D butt has to get up out of here. Shout out my man Pat dealing with that COVID, man. Get get better. <laughs> Rich Dizzy, when we'll get the Jags mascot on the show. Man, that dude full of shit. <laughs> Full of it, man. That boy, he was talking a good one, though. He definitely got some good ratings for that for that pod. Got some views, got some likes. Uh, Thomas Bustless, AB Pack got pretty upset with his chat. How are you feeling about your chat? Uh, what chat you talking about? A.B., do you call the defensive strength to the field or formation? It just depends. It depends on the um, – most of the time, uh, you'll call it to um, your tight end. So so it's different, though. Like, so your front, the strength could be to the uh, to the tight end. To the secondary, depending on the call, your strength could be um, to, the, to, the, to the passing strength, so wherever the most receivers are. Um, so it just depends on different calls – it comes with different things where you might have a call where the blitz is coming from the field. So that particular call, you uh, set the the strength to the field. So everybody knows that the blitz is coming from the field. So, again, it's a lot that kind of goes into it, um, depending on the blitz, depending on the call. Um, you know, the, the middle linebacker might set the front so the, so the defensive line could set um, to the run strength, but, the back, the secondary, we could be rotating to the passing strength. So it's um it's 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 a lot of different ways that you can um you can call the strength. Mm-mm-mm. Man, I chat um Thomas, uh, I chat is it's cool, man. And like I always tell people, man, we gonna treat this chat like the locker room. So you know. If you can't um, if you can't take it, don't 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 dish it, cause we reading these comments. So, you know, myself, D Buck, we gonna get back at you. Oh, John Jay, I'm still uh, I'm, <laughs> you still got that bulls out on your back when I see you. Mike Ward, what do you do if you know the coordinator has the wrong defense formation for the play? Um, it kind of depends on the relationship that you have with that D coordinator. I know um, when we was in AZ, um, <laughs> not saying it was good, but we would change the call sometimes, you know. And um, But we had a veteran defense. So when we went to the sideline, you know, we explained to the D coordinator, hey, look, this is what we saw. Um, you know, obviously I think he, would, he felt some type of way about it, but he understood, you know, he had a lot of veteran guys out there. Um, I don't know um, – about other places, but prime example, um, 
Green Bay game, uh, playoffs game, you know, right before the half, whatever that, whatever was called, um, if I'm in that huddle, I'm telling everybody just back up. Like if it's a cover one, if it's a cover three, whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm changing that call. So, I mean, and as a vet, you know, you have to take that on the chin when you get to the sideline or the locker room. G.I. Joe, 317, when Aaron Rodgers says he reads the defensive line rather than finding and reading the mic, how can you adjust that to make it harder to read? Um, stemming, right? So what we call stemming is um, show, the, show the quarterback one thing, but, you know, once he gets into his cadence or once the play clock kind of dies down, move, you know, to make um, – make him have indecision, make the offensive line have indecision. So I think all quarterbacks kind of read different things. So some might read the linebackers, right? Some might read um, the secondary just as, as far as how are they uh, rotating, right? So um, just asking Peyton some, some questions, and he was like, you know, he'll watch film and he'll always pick one guy out where that one guy is always the tell, that that one guy is going to tell you what the defense is going to be, right? So the safety, he might show it too early. He might come down in the box too early. Or he might leave. He might be disguised in the box, and then he might be trying to get out into his coverage, right? Or you might have a linebacker who's always who always just stands in his gap, right? So as a defensive captain, I will always tell the guys, look, we have to move around, right? We have to move around. We just can't be stagnant and be statues on the defense. we got to give the offense and the quarterback two different reads. We have to give them a, a, a look pre-snap, and we have to give them some post-snap. So um, with, you know, A-Rod looking at the defensive line, we would tell them, hey, look, you guys try to move around, but at the end of the day, you got to be in your spot to be able to do your job effectively. <clears throat> A-B went uh, the funk. A.B., when are you going to get involved in more football shit? Need guys like you around the legal NCAA. Man, I might got something coming up, man. I had a phone call yesterday. But um, I'd love to get into the um, in, into uh, more football stuff, man. And actually, I am. You know, it's just not um, out on Front Street. You know, um, being able to, you know, highlight guys and, and um, talk to guys about different things. But um, I, have some, I might have some things coming up this season. Might not be on um, on the pro level, man, but I got some things um, in the works. <clears throat> Athletes unplug, man. Hey, shout out to my guy, Dequell Jackson, man. Um, just started his podcast. He's a he's a um, alum of the Man to Man Pod, man. So shout out to him, Athletes Unplug, man. Y'all tap into uh, to Dequell's uh, podcast. Better feeling, Sackle Int for me. Definitely INT. No question. Man, if I had Mr. Scampers, where would you like to live if you had to move out of the States, man? I'm going straight to Dubai. That's where I'm going. No question. Mike Ward, players have to play all day, every day. Um, D coordinator, officer coordinator can 
can draw the best play up in the dirt. But if the players can't execute it, man, it's no good. Now, keep it, man. Be on the lookout. HBCU games that are on ESPN. I think that would be awesome. Um, just be on the lookout. Got some things coming up. Definitely going to give my HBCU fam some love. As a corner, the funk, as a corner, he never got a sack. The funk, where do you play ball at? How many picks did you have? Let me see if he was a baller or not. But, man, um, I'm ready for this year, though. I'm ready for this year. I'm ready for the Colts, man. I was out there at Colts practice on um, on Tuesday. Um, I was excited to see, you know, Carson Wentz out there moving around, Quentin Nelson out there moving around. Defense look good, man. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited for them boys. My Michael Ward, my favorite team to play for is um uh, was the Colts for sure. It was um the team that brought me into the league that drafted me. I think the camaraderie that the guys had was unmatched. Um, the leadership was unmatched from top to bottom, from owner to the coaches to the to the vets in the locker room. Um, and it was really a true family feel. You know, I think a lot of teams, they preach that, they talk it. Um, they don't really walk it, man. I think the coach, man, that was, uh, that was, uh, an A1 organization, man. Um, A1 organization when Bill Polian and, uh, Coach Dungy and even when Coach Caldwell got there, um, A1, man. So utmost, utmost respect to, uh, to the, to the coach, man. And by far, uh, the most fun that I had. Thomas, man, Thomas, did Wentz really have foot surgery or was it something else? Hey, man, I, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, man, for to him have foot surgery and then, you know, uh, the diagnosis was, was five to 12 weeks. Um, I think this is like week three and the way he's moving and uh, I'm not sure, you know, if they're showing this after practice or not, but just the way he's moving, even Quinn Nelson, man, just, uh, just to go to the show, man, hats off to the to the surgeons, to, to Carson Wentz, to Quentin Nelson, even get back out there into the coach training staff to, to have them out there ready. And I think both of them are going to be ready for week one. They find you at Howard in the connects. Huh? Man, funny story how I got to Howard. Um, my head, the head coach there, uh, Ray Petty, um, I was part of his first recruiting class at Howard. That was his second stint at Howard University. Before he, uh, before his second stint at Howard University, he uh, was at Norfolk State in Norfolk, uh, Virginia. And um, he would come to my football games. He would come to my basketball games. I was like, man, he's a... Uh, you know, told my head coach at the time, A.C. Cawthorn, he's a hell of a basketball player. Um, him and my head coach at the high school at the time, they played, they, they coached at Howard at his previous stint. Um, and uh, my head coach was like, look, man, he's small, but he can play ball. 
he can play football. Um, I know he plays linebacker, but you know we can move him to safety. I think he'll he'll be all right. So I um, ended up going to Howard on my visit. Um, I was damn near like a preferred walk-on. They really didn't have much money left at the time when Coach Petty had got the job. Um, and the rest is history, man. Okami, um, how effective do you think T.O. would be if he came back to the league? Um, look at here. T.O. looks good to be like 40-some years old, but um, I don't think he would be as effective as he think he would be. Um, not taking any, anything away, but it's just a, it's just a, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Like I said, he can still run. He, he still, you know, looks the par, but just a little different. John Jay, more calm under pressure. Dungeon Caldwell, man, it was, it was tough, man. They were both calm under pressure. Um, never really seen them rattle in any type of situation. Um, as we know, you know, we all know, you know, Coach Dungeon and just the, the type of guy he is, Christian man, Phantom man, and he is. Um, and I would say, you know, the 2-14 and 14 season we had when Peyton got hurt and Coach um, Caldwell was a coach, I would say that might have been one of the funnest seasons that we had, right? So at, at, at some point in the year, it's like, okay, you're 0-8. Um, you're not going to the playoffs, but you know, you could have some coaches that just be like, could just be an a-hole coming into the building. But uh, Coach Caldwell, he never, never wavered. You know, the same thing he was preaching at the, at OTAs and training camp. He was doing the same thing. And guys were still coming in, playing hard for him. Um, and we stuck together, man. So just in that situation, in that sense, man, you can just tell uh, the type of character uh, Coach Caldwell had. Uh, GI Joe three one seven. When did you first hear or know about HBCUs, man? Where I'm, where I'm from in Newport News, Virginia, um, it's HBCUs all around us, right? So we got Hampton University, we got Norfolk State University, we got Virginia Union, we got Virginia State. So that's just in um in my state of Virginia. So in high school, we used to travel and visit these colleges. And then my oldest brother, uh, he ended up going to Delaware State for his freshman and sophomore year. So I kind of, um, I knew about. Um, about about HBCUs. Um, so I'm gonna take a couple more questions, man. Then get up out of here. Who caught your eye, coach, practice, offense, and defense? Um, Van Albright. Um, my young boy, JT, man. Um, JT look good out there. Just look like he's confident, you know, running the rock. Um, so I'm excited to see what type of year that he's going to have. I think he's have like a all-pro caliber type year. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. Javier B, did I always have that 4-1? Nah. Um, high school, I was four. In college, I was two. Um, and 
And uh, when I got drafted, it was either 41 or 47. I'd be damned if I wear 47. Um, so I got the 41, man. And when I made the team, I said, look, I'm going to just rock with it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to make it uh, I'm gonna make it something. I think I did all right. <laughs> Zach, will Pippen have more than 12 receiving yards this year? No doubt, man. It's going to be a breakout year for the young boy. Hey, Michael Ward, pause, pause. You ever get on the mic, you sound like chisel. Nah, man. I told D Butt though, um, you know, I count down. Um, I think I could do something with that with that beat. So I'm gonna surprise y'all one day. I'm gonna give y'all like a, a hot sixteen. Um I'm 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 gonna leave something. And then I'm gonna drop my LP. But look at here, man, I'm about to get out of here. Um, much love. Appreciate y'all tapping in as always. Um you know what time it is, twelve o'clock, man. So y'all go check out. Um, I know Pat not in the studio, but y'all go check them boys out, man. And uh, as always, tell a friend and tell a friend. We'll check y'all out on Monday. Peace.